And I'm Jacob. We're boyfriend and girlfriend. And, and every episode we uh, get stoned and discuss all things creepy and strange and scary. Such as? Such as a movie or a book or a like boat. a childhood story. I guess I guess a boat could be. A, a racetrack. Yeah, just anything. Any little old thing. Uh so and then after that, do we are we gonna talk about the special s- segment at the end? Yeah, spooky movie minute, spooky movie minute, and then at the end we'll discuss slash review a movie we've seen recently, or maybe two because we've seen two movies recently. I think you just sort of told them what we were doing. You sort of told them two. You told me. <laughs> I know. I'm doing a bit. Oh, okay. Uh, we should really come up with something that has an other end in it. Instead of spooky movie minute, yeah, like spooky movie reviewy. <laughs> oh, I was thinking like monstrous movie minute. Oh, um, or the murderous movie minute. Uh, mundane movie minute. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll workshop this. Yeah. Okay, so am I going first or are you going first? You're going first. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm doing an episode of Goosebumps. Ooh, all right. I'm doing A Night in Terror Tower, which is a book and also an episode of the show. And yeah, it was one of my favorite Goosebumps episodes. I I don't think I remember this one. Um, well, you ready? You just hand me the paper and I have to (laughs) read it. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So... This episode slash book, we'll just say story because it's both. Mm-hmm. Sorry. This segment's called the, the wine minute. The, <laughs> the spooky wine minute. <laughs> I'm sure that sounded great on, cam- yeah. on the microphone. <laughs> okay. So there are two kids, brother and sister. Their names are Eddie and Sue. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, this story has so many twists and turns, and I'm just realizing you don't even know what they are because you didn't read this one. So, they are in England. Mm -hmm. You're like, whoa, whoa, it's all these goosebumps about. Yeah, but, like, the twist is that they're American. So, they're visiting. Mm -hmm. And they're with their parents who are working at, like, some convention. All right. And so, their parents are working, and... Eddie and Sue go on a sightseeing tour, and they end up going to this big old castle, um, and they have, like, a tour there. Um, so they go in the castle, and... What? <laughs> you just, you're just, like, no, I'm focusing in, so hard. I'm, yeah, I'm invested in this story. <laughs> I want to hear what happens to fucking Mary Sue here. <laughs> Eddie and Sue, um, so they're on the tour, and they're walking through, looking at all of the displays, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. At this convention. 
It's no, no. I, okay, so I think I made it confusing. Their parents are working at a convention. Mm-hmm. We don't even meet the parents. But okay. they are just sightseeing while their parents are working. Okay, all right. So they and they're on a sightseeing tour, and they, they stop at this castle. Mm-hmm. And they go throughout, you know, they see, like, medieval torture devices and stuff. And this old tour guide is, like, telling the story about, like, this these, like, siblings that are prince and princess and stuff mm-hmm. and, like, whatever. They used to live in this castle. Um... And then uh, the the girl, like, hangs back a second, mm-hmm. and she gets attacked by, like, like a knight statue, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, he swings his axe and, like, tries to get her. And, and then she looks back up ten seconds later, and it's, like, back to normal. And, uh, and then around this time, we start to notice that there's a man in a black cape... And like full black outfit and like a black like Zorro hat. A warlock. No. Not a warlock. All right. <laughs> it's a big swing and a miss. <laughs> um, all I said was he was dressed in black. He's just like a warlock. And he's wearing a hat and he's like lurking in the shadows and he's like following them. And then they uh, so a little bit forward they leave the group and they uh they kind of like walk off for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then they see uh, a carving that says, long live freedom, in, like, the statue wall. And then right after that, um, this ghost figure of, like, a man yells something at them and and then, like, disappears. Was he yell at him? I couldn't quite catch that. <laughs> <laughs> he was British. That is very offensive. No, it's fine. British people know that they're like that. They sound like seals. That they sound like seals. So they go back to, they go back to the group, and they're like gone. They're not in the room. The room is empty. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "What the fuck?" And then <laughs> they're pissed about it. And then at this point, the man in black. You know, I'm just what mm-hmm. I'm gonna call him. I haven't written in the journal as MIB, mm-hmm. but I feel like that almost takes more time. Well, with the uh, that's. The Will Smith song that he made for the Men in Black soundtrack. Did he? Yes. He he made a song called Men in Black. Yeah. Well, MIB. Is it good? Mm, probably not. All right. Well, regardless, um, I'm just gonna call him the Men in Black mm-hmm. or the Man in Black because we don't want to get sued by Will Smith. Right. Um, he shows up and <laughs> and he does this weird like chant like spell. With these, like, white magic rocks. There's, like, three of them. And, like, he's doing it, and then they run away, and then... So he so he casts a spell? He, like, tries to cast his weird spell with the rocks. With his like, warlock powers. I didn't say he was a warlock. <laughs> but he does that, and then, but then they run away before he can finish it. And yeah. he chases after them. But after, like, fucking what felt like... 10 minutes of like them all running around the castle um they escape by going um like out through the sewer i don't really wait they go from a castle to the sewer they like find a way from inside the castle and they go in the sewer (laughs) all right and then like the weirdest thing happens like as soon as they like pop up out of the sewer because it's like you know a storm not a storm drain but like a what are the things called that you like pick up a manhole yeah, like a manhole cover. Um, 
this they run up to this like dude who's like I don't know like a guard or something, and they tell him um, that they were chased. Like these two children tell tell this guy that they were being chased in his facility, and he gets so pissed, <laughs> and he literally says, "I'm gonna call the police on you two kids for trying to." incriminate that innocent man in black with the t- with the <laughs> with the fucking Abraham Lincoln hat with the tape here with them but um, that that is fucking crazy that wild? he tries to call 911 how shit at your job do you have to be that these kids like even if you think a kid's pulling a prank on you the first like, your first response is to be like fucking i'm calling the cops on you dumbass yeah Ugh. so they run away and they get in the cab mm-hmm. and they go to their hotel and then when they get there, um, they uh, they find that they don't have any money, only like medieval coins in like a sack. And they're like, wait, why Why is this what we would have? Why is that the way that it would be? And so they're like, we're sorry to the cabbie, um, but we don't have the money. And he's like, you owe me $12 for this ride. And they're like, all we have are these coins. And then he makes a threat on both of their lives. Wait, what does he say? <laughs> he's like, um, he's like, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And then they're like, we'll go get money from our parents. And he's like, you don't, I'm coming in after you. <laughs> that he was like, I thought they were like, we only have gold coins. I'm going to fucking kill you. Well, yeah, no, that is what he said. Um... So they run to the hotel, and mind you, this man is, is, is you know considering killing two children over twelve dollars. <laughs> um, although this this was you know like two thousand two, so for inflation, so that's like sixteen bucks. I don't, I don't even think that's true. I'm pretty sure it's like twelve seventy five is what this man was after. <laughs> okay, so they run back into the hotel, and then they realize. We don't have the room key. And so... So they don't have the room key. They don't even remember... No, wait, no, they do remember the room number. But they don't have the room key. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go up to the hotel clerk. Um, and they try to bring up the conference that their parents are supposed to be at, which is at the hotel. And the guy's like, that doesn't exist. He's like, that didn't exist. Um, and... He's like, what's your room number? And they tell him. And then he's like, that room? No one has been in that room for 40 years. Oh, no. No, but he was like, that room is vacant. Oh. Um, And they're like, what the fuck? And he's like, what are your names? And like, they can't remember their last name. Oh, shit. And they can't remember their parents, like their parents' face or where they live or even what they did yesterday. So, um... The, at this moment, the cabbie runs in, and I'm going to do my best impression. Um, right. I wrote this down because it seemed important, the way he said it. Mm-hmm. He's Not supposed so to be, much. He's, he's supposed to be British, but he's he goes, Grab those kids! Just like that. That was probably way louder than every other part of the podcast. <laughs> Grab those kids! Yeah, he says that, and, and then they run away. And then uh, they get away, and then the man in black shows up again. And he shows up and he's like, give it back. And they're like, how he says it? <laughs> like, like fucking, uh, oh, I don't remember the man's name. The bird from Aladdin. No, I don't know. <laughs> All right, it's fine. Parakeet. 
Eugene. Eugene. That is name the actor who played him. Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, he he said like Gilbert Godfrey. Give it back. I didn't. So um, he's like, give it back, and and the little kid Eddie, he's like. Okay, fine. I snagged this because um, there's like this side plot that he's like a a, a fucking pickpocket. <laughs> Don't know why. Um, I guess because it's like England and like chimney sweeps. <laughs> what? Um, but yeah. So um, <laughs> so he gives him back the stones, and then the guy, the man in black, he uses the stone because now he's all three. Um, to fucking do a spell again, and then he sends them to medieval times. Fucked Not up. now. When I when I saw that, because I did read the description like before mm-hmm. I watched it again, um, and it said uh, it said that, and I thought they were talking about the amusement park slash dinner theater medieval times. Oh my god! <laughs> like that sounds like a sick day, it's bro. A sponsored episode by medieval <laughs> times. Um. The only spooky thing is how spooky their prices are. <laughs> nice one. Um, so he sends them back in time. And and she, the girl wakes up and she's like by herself. She can't find Eddie. Um, so she's walking through the village. Um, and all of a sudden the man in black tries to capture her. And so she runs into this like little old lady's like peasant house. And she hides. Well, okay, so she's like, will you hide me? And she, like, gives her a coin, and she's like, okay. <laughs> so she hides her in, like, a basket, and and then the man in black shows up, and she's just immediately, like, dude hasn't even fucking completely crossed the threshold into her shitty little hut, and he's like, and she's like, she's in there! Oh, what a, what a, what a, what a mean lady. <laughs> yeah, I heard what you almost said. <laughs> what a fucking gun. What a... <laughs> That's what I almost said. Um, and so they capture the girl, um, and she gets thrown in a dungeon, and there she finds her brother. Mm-hmm. There's also another guy in the dungeon, and I just want to point out that this dude had a very obvious buzz cut. Like, he had, like, a fucking, like, like crisp edges fade going on. <laughs> Wait, really? In the medieval times, yeah. <laughs> um, and... They recognize him as the guy who was the ghost in the beginning. Remember that? Yeah, the guy who yelled something at him that you yeah. couldn't quite catch. And then he calls them your grace and, like, majesty and shit. And then, like, we find out that they're king and... Qu- or not king and queen. Um, prince and princess. And the dude tells them he's the king's sorcerer. And they are actually Suzanne and Edward, prince and princess of York. I see and he casted a spell on them and gave them new memories, like, uh, in the future. Oh, shit. So that they can live there um, because uh, their parents, the king and queen, died. And their uncle, the crazy uncle, is trying to claim the... Or, you know, he did claim the throne, the throne and now is saying, that, like, they have to be executed. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know, it escalated really quickly. And, he, and, like, the memories weren't complete, and that's why they couldn't remember their name and shit. Um, and then, like, the guy, you know, the Man of Black came... He, that's their, his executioner. Oh. He came there to kill them in the future. Um, 
fucked they're, up that this, this like dude from the 1400s could just jump around like that. Yeah. Um. Well, he's like a warlock. Yeah. He is a warlock. <laughs> it all comes back around, folks. Um. And so these two little kids on this show that was probably playing on like CW Kids at like nine in the morning. Uh huh. These two little kids are told that they will be beheaded. Jesus. <laughs> and um, all of a sudden, like I guess the spell wears off, and they have like terrible British accents, <laughs> and they're wearing like a Party City medieval costume. Um, and. So they're told they're going to be executed, and they're both like, let's just be brave. Uh, <laughs> let's be the movie brave. <laughs> and uh, and and then the guy's like, you know, the, the sorcerer's like, and I can't send you back. I don't know why I'm doing that. Cause I'm, I can't send you back to the future because the man. Da, 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 da. That was back to future theme. Very good. <laughs> um, the man in black. Uh has all the stones right now, so oh, they can't. He's stoned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what that face was. <laughs> so, um, basically, um, Eddie is about to be executed. He goes first, a little boy. And that sounded really gruesome. <laughs> you just said little boy. That's fine. On the way up to the choppy chop... The big old chop, oh, as they call it. He's a pickpocket, isn't he? He's a pickpocket. All comes back around. <laughs> um, and he grabs the stones from the executioner. And he tosses them to the sorcerer. And he, the, the fucking dude just does it. And he sends them all to the future. Oh, good on you. So now they're in the castle. All three of them. Suzanne, Edward, and fucking like Mordor or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what his actual name was, but the sorcerer. They're all in the castle. And they find their tour group from the beginning. And then the tour guide tells them the rest of the story. And he's like, and then what happened was the princess and the prince disappeared right before they were about to be executed. Ooh. Um, and like, they're like, given knowing glances, like, they're like, that's oh, us. Knowing glances, like, oh, little does she know. <laughs> and so uh, the last, the very last shot, though, is they get back on the bus to go back to, I don't know, wherever. Um, and then the very last shot zooms out, and who do we have there? But the man in black, the warlock, with his stones in his hands, just like, <laughs> just you wait. Fucked up. And then it goes to black, and then oh. the very last shot, because this was one of those episodes that like started and ended with like Arl Stein sitting in his office. He's like, hey. Didn't see you there. And then he, like, talks about... <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. He, like, there, that, that was on some es- ep- uh, episodes. What does, he, what does he tell you about? Is he he like, just says a couple spooky lines and, like, this tale is gonna be a mystery and you're gonna fucking shit your pants. Like, right, but So he's not like... He hypes R- them up. He's not like, this is R.L. Stein. You say no to drugs. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. Um, R.L. Stein doesn't say no to drugs. He, he's playing in the bit. Like, in this one, he was... In like a medieval castle style like office, mm-hmm. and it ends with him um, going. It's very funny. He he was like, "Let me out." <laughs> he was like pretending that he was locked in that room. Oh no! Like, mm, let, let me out! I'm Earl Stein. <laughs> Now, how close is this impression that you're doing to Arnold Stein's real voice? You said Arnold Stein. To Arnold Stein. And it is a dead ringer. All right, good. Um, so yeah, that was my episode of Goosebumps, A Night in Terror Tower. 
That's pretty good. You liked it? Yeah, I'll give that, you know, it was a pretty good recap. Give that three spooky points. I got three on my last one. <laughs> I think I improved. I'm running a little low on spooky points over here. Spin all of them. At, oh. Three guess, and a half. Three. <laughs> Should we say just say three and a half? Should we just do three and a half? Uh, you know what? Two and a half because you're begging. I don't think that and, should count towards the And I don't, I don't like to see that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, he gives it three and a half spooky points. I said two and a half because you begged. Baby. <laughs> I need these spooky points. I need this. Okay. So that was my segment. Uh, I give it uh, four and a half spooky points. It's a scale of one to four. You did better than that though. Aw. So I think we'll just to kind of put a median on this, all these numbers, I'm going to say four. All right. And now it's his turn. We Should we explain what spooky points are? We did that in the first episode. Oh, if they didn't watch the first episode. Spooky points are the scale that we rated on, one to four. And at the end of the season, we'll be able to turn it in at the spooky store for all sorts of bonuses. Uh, what do you mean prices. season? Whenever this season. Whenever fall ends. Whenever. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go down to... <laughs> The fucking Kroger's <laughs> that, that, that they don't have here. The, the only That's the only place that accepts spooky points. And we're going to have our receipts with our spooky points on it. And the prize will be... You can tell them. Uh, we have the choice between uh, uh, a, a, a six-year supply of Dum Dum Lollipops or an orangutan. I don't like. I don't want either of those. <laughs> you don't want. Orangutan? I don't want the responsibility of either of those. Did you say six million Dumby pops? I said the six years worth. Oh. <laughs> do you eat? A, do you eat a million Dum Dum pops a year? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, then yeah, six years worth. So about six million. All right. So now I now I do my thing. Now he's gonna say his thing. All right. All right. So uh, uh, I I feel like there should be some backstory to why I chose my bit. Uh. Because me and you watched uh, two movies recently. I won't spoil, but uh, they did have... Uh, uh, I know what you're doing. Both. Do you know what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them had uh, or featured hell pretty predominantly. Uh, and one of the things, they both had this like monotonous hum to them that were supposed to be... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, do, you, do you still know what I'm doing? Keep going. Uh, there's this, uh, both of them had like this monotonous hum to them uh, whenever uh, they were in hell. I guess that's a spoiler. But uh, they both had this monotonous hum to them that were supposed to be the screams of the damned in hell. Uh, and it's explained in one of the movies what it is. But uh, I remember watching that and thinking, that's not what hell sounds like because I know what hell sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it read, and it, uh, Led me really, really wanted to know where you're heading with it, this one. It led me to uh, back to the discovery of what I'm bringing this week, which is the Well to Hell. Uh, okay, I'm listening. Uh, and so imagine like uh, the 1980s, and you hear about the super fucked up thing that happened in Russia. So real quick, uh-huh. are you reading me like a creepypasta, or is this like a real no, this is, story, well, like the, a real this, story? This all takes place in real life. Okay, I, fe- <laughs> I, I know that place. Uh, but yeah, so this is real life. You are uh, you're at it's the eighties, late eighties, early nineties, and you're just got TV on in the background, and they're fuck- talking about this fucked up thing that happened in Russia. Uh, so in Russia, 
they dug a hole. Uh, they dug a hole that was like 9.8 uh, miles deep, which is fucked up because that would that means it's the deepest hole ever dug. Uh, Wait, I accidentally zoned out for yeah. like 20 seconds because uh-huh. I was thinking your head is kind of triangle shaped. <laughs> my head is? Because the way your hair goes out like that, oh my God. it just looks like a triangle <laughs> and it scared me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it scared you? Did you think I was turning into a triangle? <laughs> you know, you're just furiously combing no, your yeah, hair. Yeah, I'm trying to make it not look like a triangle anymore. I've never heard anybody call me triangle head. I didn't call you that. That's someone else. <laughs> That's the guy from Silent Hill. <laughs> That's pyramid head. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, so, so just back up like three sentences so uh you find out it's it's the 1980s you're you got the tv on in the background you hear them talking about what this. do you mean you find out it's the 1980s don't you know it? i don't understand what you're talking about it is the 1980s period that is a fact so you've heard rumblings that it might so be 1980 you keep hearing about this 1980s thing and you're not sure what to make you don't of know it. what that means <laughs> Oh my god. Alright, so uh, it's the 1980s mm-hmm. and you hear on TV that, about this fucked up thing that's happening in Russia. Russia just uh, bore a hole that was, or just bored a hole that is uh, <laughs> that is nine point like like 9.8 meters deep. Like you bore a hole like it's a bore. Yeah, I know. I got it. You put a bore in there. Yeah. Uh, but no, they uh, uh, yeah, they uh, it's like like it's eight point nine miles deep. This hole is, which is fucked up because it's uh, uh the deepest hole dug before that. It was seven point six miles deep, but it's fucked up because the other largest hole ever dug is seven point six miles deep. Which that I just fucked up. I want to talk. I want to talk about that. Is kind of fucked up because it seems like we should have gone further at this point. What's that? Nine miles? Yeah, the fucking like not even nine miles. That's uh, like here to Sonic. <laughs> just uh, uh, that is like I could walk nine miles. So what the fuck? I don't. Can you? Like, <laughs> yes. Can I, any living human? <laughs> like I like fucking. What else is down there? I guess is my question. But yeah, eight point nine meter hole in Russia. Is my, it a meter or like miles? 8.9 mile hole 8. in Russia. 8.9 feet. The one before that was the, I'm going to butcher this, the, the Koloa Super Deep Hole. We've got like just 15 minutes of, of audio of just us talking about how deep these fucking holes are. <laughs> uh, but What sentence are you on? Like, I'm not even... Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, these two, this new... So it's really deep is what I'm getting. It's really fucking deep, this hole. And who did it? The, the, it's, so it was done in by Russians. I want names. <laughs> well, I have name for you. A name. Uh, but it was done in Russians in, the, in Siberia, which is that cold fucked up place uh, with the bears. Uh, and it was the head of the project. It was done by Russian engineers. And the head of the project was uh, uh, Mr. Azakov. Uh so they, Isaac Azakov? No, that's Asimov. From robots? That's, <laughs> that's an Asimov, babe. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, they dig this deepest, the deepest hole man has ever built. 
uh, and uh, after they like, uh, they after like they get that deep, like their equipment fucks up, and they pull it out, and it's because it's got, it got too hot to function all of a sudden. So they is this before they learned what was down there? Well, they don't like this is before they yeah, learned they they what no, was at the center of yeah, the earth. Well, they didn't. Well, I mean, if you dug down eight miles, you wouldn't hit lava. This you is before hit... they learned what was at the no, core knew, of the earth. we knew what was in the core of the earth at this point. Okay. Uh, so, their, but yeah, their equipment got, like, too hot to keep working. So, they're digging into this hole. Have I mentioned this fucking hole yet? <laughs> it's so fucking good. Uh, but yeah, so they're, they're, I've heard of it. Their equipment stops working. And they're like, well, fuck, it's hot down there. Uh, so they take this, like, super heat-tolerant thermometer, uh, and they send it down there, and it's coming back 18,000 degrees. I'm sorry, 1,800 degrees. Uh, which is, like... How much is fire? Like, fire, I think, is, like, 300, maybe. It don't get hotter than fire. <laughs> it don't get <laughs> But... <laughs> Don't get What do you think? You're a wise guy? You think you're gonna get you're one over like, on me? I think I think I think that's the the name of the episode right there. It don't get hotter than fire. Ah. Very good. Uh so yeah, it comes back 18,000 degrees. And they're like, that's super fucked up. It should not be that temperature down there. Uh so they uh they send in a super uh heat resistant microphone. And uh, whenever they do so, they record its descent, and then they, uh, uh, once they pull it up, they listen to it, and once it reaches the bottom of it, this is the audio it returns. Uh, Oh my god. This is probably going to suck for the people on uh, the microphone, but this is just for for Nikki. Here you go. So, just a bunch of people screaming. Uh, and apparently, not too long after they uh, brought it back and people were freaking out about it, uh, a bat-like creature shot out of the hole. Uh, it left, like, fire burning across the sky wherever it flew. Did they get a picture of this? Uh, so, they didn't get a picture of it. In fact, it left a lot of questions. Uh, like, you know, if uh, if this shit happened after... Uh, well, first off, if, like... If this should happen after 9-11, that bat wouldn't <laughs> have had a chance. <laughs> but, like, if this shit... If this shit was happening, and the Russians not only built, like, uh, like, bored the deepest hole in the world, but also heard this audio, and, like, why wouldn't, like, the rest of the world be on top of this, uh, and whatnot? So, they, uh... Yeah, here's the part of the movie or the part of the of my part where i might lose me some spooky points uh the well the well to hell uh is also known as the well to hell hoax because it was a big fib uh in fact hoax can, can i ask you a question yes who is it that we're talking about that did this was just just some so i i i'm i'm getting into that uh so it was funny and this was in russia so funnily enough i uh Whenever I looked this up, I looked up, like, Sound of Hell, real. 
uh, and the first thing that comes up is the Well to Hell, uh, hell hoax, and like it reminds you like three times that it's a hoax mm-hmm. in the beginning of its Wikipedia page. So they want you to know this shit's fake. But uh, uh, so what happened was this was first reported according to Wikipedia in a magazine or not a magazine, a newspaper, which its name I'm going to butcher the Aminusudian. Aminusutian. M. Or, sorry. A M M E N N U S A S T I A. Aminusudian. That was a valiant try. Uh, which is a. I think it. If I remember correctly, it was first published in '78, uh, I think. Where. You were first published in '78. No, I wasn't born until 1996. But. Uh, uh, so. Which the Aminasudian is a uh, newspaper published by Pentecostal Christians, uh, and they ran this as like a proof that hell is real, sort of thing. Uh, like, oh, look out, you sinners! They found proof that hell's real. Uh, later, a man by the name of let's see, where is his name? Uh, so I don't know how to pronounce this dude's name, but uh, uh, anyway. Uh, later, some guy would go to, like, look into how this first got got published, uh, like, how where they got the idea to run it, and uh, the Pente- the people at uh, Minnesota got the, like, information from this from another newspaper in Finland, which had another unpronounceable name, uh, which, ha- which published a letter sent to them by somebody claiming to be on the research team. Uh, they went to... Uh, uh, the 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 person looking into how this started when then went to that those people and they gave they said it was sent to them by somebody in California so it was it's this weird thing where we don't know if it started in America or in uh, Finland uh, so we have no idea how or when this started but what really got it big was uh, it like after a while it was uh, picked up by American tabloids which then after that since because that was around i didn't get picked up by american tabloids until like 1995 where whenever they picked it up the internet was in full swing so the story started making its way all around the internet uh which then made it to trinity broadcasting network which is a uh religious uh television program back in the day where it was uh where it was a Religious broadcasting network once again trying to show like, hey, you know, hell's real. Repent, don't be a sinner, and whatnot. So, but while visiting America, a uh, I believe Swedish teacher by the name of uh, Age Renadel. Uh, I don't know how, if I'm, I'm probably not saying his first name right because it's spelled. A-G- Wait, you said his name was Age. So it's spelled A G E, but it's got like the A has like a circle over it. So I wouldn't know. Uh. But yeah, so age, uh, R-E-N-D-A-L-E-N. Age was like a, uh, uh, again, I think he was from Sweden. He was a school teacher there. And on a trip to America, he uh, overheard them talking about this on the Trinity Broadcasting Network and thought like, what a fucking bunch of idiots. They'll like believe anything. So I, I for unclear reasons to me, he decided to like spoke the fire like whenever i first read about him i thought he was gonna be like i'm gonna bring these fuckers down with my facts and logic uh but instead he went back 
to his home country. Uh, and he was trying to prove or disprove. The well, world. that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Uh, he went back to his home country uh, and rent and uh, wrote Trinity Broadcasting Network a letter claiming to be like I I uh, was a non-believer until I saw the actual report from the uh, uh, Hellwell site and all of it's true. Uh, and whenever he did that. So he goes back home and he's like, "Listen, I saw the official reports. I didn't believe this when I first heard about it, but now I'm a full I'm a full grown believer." Uh, and he sends them uh, uh, he sends them like the actual uh, report of like uh, no, well, no, he sends them like a newspaper clipping that's talking about it, and he. Uh, and I, the newspaper was basically claiming, was basically saying like, "Hey, all this is false and made up." But he translated it for him and wrote like this big long thing about how like it's all real. We have the evidence here and everything, and was basically saying it's on them to fact check this. And if they run it as it is, they're idiots. Can I ask a uh, question? Yeah, I'm still confused. Is he trying to prove or disprove it? Well, that's what he's doing right now. Which one? He's trying. Well, I guess in a sense both, because he's. Uh, He's playing along with the bit, but he's also setting them up to look like idiots if they go forth with the, the information he's sending them. Hmm. Uh, so he sends them this uh, uh, the newspaper along with like his translation of it, that which he completely lied about, uh, and he sent it to, to them. So they read read through it. Of course, they didn't have anybody translate it or fact check it uh, because it was in like hell language. No, because because they're a bunch of lazy reporters who just wanted proof of the theory that they believed in. Okay, like he wrote it. He like it. What? He's not a demon or anything. Right. It was in Swedish. I'm supposing was why they didn't couldn't read it. I I, I said hell language. <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> walk on, walk Sweden. Walk we love you. <laughs> uh, Sweden. I'm indifferent about you. Uh, so yeah, he sends both of these things to them. Of course, they don't have anybody fact check it or read through it. Uh, they he also sent them his real name and phone number and address so they could contact him about any of it. They didn't. Uh, they just uh, ran it with that as proof. Uh, and I, that also helped perpetuate the myth. But I think they didn't talk about this on uh, on the Wikipedia article or anything that I found, but there is a uh, there's a man by the name of Art Bell who used to have a uh, a show called Coast to Coast AM where he just talked about paranormal stuff like at like early mornings and he uh, I watched like 10 minutes of a video of uh from his show and it seems like a super fun show the 10 minutes I watched he was uh he had stopped all calls coming from the studio except for people saying that they were time travelers cuz he wanted to talk to time travelers only <laughs> uh he did this I think in like the 90s so fun uh but the uh, only audio I could find, I remember it. I seems like I remember like finding it pretty easily back whenever I like first heard about this. Whenever I was twelve, but he he like every clip of the audio that I played just now came from that broadcast, a, uh, a an Art Bell broadcast where somebody sent him this, claiming to like be an official on it and everything. Uh, but actually, since like that media or since that sound bite got like really big people have actively like found out what the source of that scream is and it is uh what did he even make it on they didn't have computers back then in the 90s they did not like i said i think this was late 90s that this clip aired uh 
It's the screams uh, from a movie that, that came out in 1972 called Baron Blood, uh, which is a horror movie. They took like all the screams from that, layered it over one another. Mm. Uh, uh, the the hole was never drilled. The deepest hole in the world is still the Cola Super Deep Hole. Uh, the what now? The co- the Cola Super Deep Hole. I- Coca Cola owns it. No, <laughs> no. I talked about this in the beginning. Uh, no, it's not. I, about to be, I was like about to be pissed. They fucking own everything. <laughs> no, this is just called the Cola Super Deep Hole. It's in. It's also in Russia. Shares a border with Finland. Uh, but this like. Where did uh, it come from? That one was bored by Russians, actually. Uh, that, that one's the one that's 7.6 miles deep. Uh, the one that's 8.9 miles never existed. So oh. that, so the Cola Super Deep Hole is still the one that you were so pissed about Coca-Cola owning the deepest hole So in the world. Cola's got their fingers in this, huh? Uh, but, uh, Every time. So there was never, uh, there was never a, a, uh, Mr. Azakov, there was never actually, like, Russian engineers inside. I mean, there's probably been Russian engineers in Siberia before, but they weren't The Russian doing... teacher guy didn't exist? No, the, the the Finnish teacher guy did exist. He was the one who who was saying it was oh. a bunch of bullshit. Okay. Yeah, it was never real. The whole, like, hole was never drilled. No bat creature ever came out of it. All of that was fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whatever, and because, uh, but because of that was reported... Uh, and made its way over to America, a lot of, like, pro-Christian... Not even just in America, but across the world, a lot of pro-Christian publications were using it as, like, proof that hell is real and therefore our our belief structure is real. There, If hell is real, then Christianity must be real is basically what they went off of. Uh, they went... Uh, and still to this day, there's plenty of people who still, like, promote it as real. Uh, uh, like, there's a lot of people, like, if you, like, look into videos about it like the top comment here on uh on the art bell video that i got the audio from uh the top comment is you can hear someone directly saying gofren which in arabic is a word used to beg for forgiveness this is scary stuff folks a lot of people still think this stuff's real uh but it's been proven time and time again like like i said even the source of the screams are used are uh uh are like from a movie that we've already discovered. Mm-hmm. So really, the real scary part in this is uh, the Christian structure. <laughs> I guess that's the horror that I'm bringing. Mm-hmm. Is uh, yeah, scary shit, man. Is that all you got? Yeah, no, that was it. Uh, it's all a, right. It's a uh, big scary hole with scary sounds that aren't real. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some joke there, like Winnie the Pooh's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was very good I'm honestly going to give that three and a half spooky points let's make it four and a half no let's make it four no baby I bumped it up for you you gotta do something for me how no. am I supposed to afford that orangutan if you're not gonna give me more than that you're getting three and a half if you keep going it's gonna get lower unbelievable so do we clap at the end no we don't okay. clap at the end it was good we I get- liked it we're one step closer to getting that orangutan. One step. We haven't discussed this. Are we getting the orangutan or are we getting the dum-dums? Say that again because I don't want to be able to cut my singing out there. <laughs> Where I was singing like in a park. <laughs> and if you don't, I won't be able to. <laughs>
<laughs> you said the funniest stuff that you say you want cut out of the episode. The funniest thing I said was Lincoln Park lyrics. No, the funny, the funniest stuff you say. Oh, like the like just like that, just like the a- admission of you gotta have to say that again because I <laughs> because I'm gonna cut that out because I was singing. Maybe I won't cut it out. Yeah, leave this whole conversation. Uh, which one are we gonna get? The dum dums or the orangutan? Trying to think about which one is less responsibility. I mean, the dum dums. Probably the dum dums, not like the orangutan. But think about how fucking cool an orangutan would be. I don't want one. Like, like we rip your face off. We would. That's what we'd be recording the podcast, and we'd be like, "Yo, what's up? We've got this is what well, this is beans. The- this is our monkey beans." I was. <laughs> I was going to say something similar to Beans. What were you going to say? I don't. I genuinely don't remember now, but it was something very bongos. close to Beans. Why, bongos are not close to Beans. <laughs> That's, one's a musical instrument, one's a root vegetable. Okay, fine. I don't think it's that specific. Uh, but think about how dope it would be to have an orangutan. We <laughs> Can we talk about this at a later this date? This is a fucking... fucking send me on the uh, Joe Rogan show. I could fucking do this shit so easily. This is a weird bit. So are you doing a story about Joe Rogan or like, what are we talking about? No, I said, I was talking about how cool it would be if we had an orangutan, which is from my understanding, the majority of the content on the Joe Rogan show. And I said, put me in charge of the Joe Rogan show. I could do this shit so easily. I think Joe Rogan in charge of the Joe Rogan show. And Fear Factor. Yeah, but I'm saying, I I could do the Joe Rogan show and be less racist. I'm saying I could do it. I, I could do it like, like. Let's have let's have the Joe Rogan show hosted by Jacob is all I'm saying. I'll let him keep his fucking name on it, but no more Alex Jones. I don't hate that fucker. No, I fully agree. Well, I- <laughs> <laughs> how much of that is staying in the podcast? All of it. <laughs> Unfortunately, she said. So we're now at our third segment, which is what's it called? It is called the the Spooky Movie Minute. Woo! That's that's our theme song. Woo! Only once. <laughs> and in this segment, Jacob and me, what are we, we talking about? We discuss a movie or two, <laughs> and we review it, talk about it, go through it. We just kind of a movie we've seen maybe recently, maybe not. I don't know how important that would be to it. And we mold it in our hands like clay, and we put it in our mouths, and we suck on it, and then we talk about it. Why would you say that? Why would you have an audio <laughs> clip of saying we suck on it out there? <laughs> it's like a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's not sunny? <laughs> Don't say that. It's the goat man. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I will not talk about him on this podcast. Yes. What if I bring the goat man? As our next... Like, into the room. (laughs) Well, we had the goat... He will not be allowed in this house. We had the donkey lady on the show last time. Imagine how... Imagine the fucking views we get if we got the fucking goat man on our... On our thing. Alright, so I'll consider it, okay? This this week, we're gonna talk about the movies... Yes, uh, we're gonna be talking about the first movie. We won't... We won't give you the second movie yet. Because why not add a little mystery to life? Okay, so we're going to talk about As Above, So Below first. Uh, should we in. say that's our cat being a, being a, yeah, a little a little dingus in the hallway? <laughs> so we're going to be watching. No. <laughs> we already watched it recently. I've seen a couple times. Just This guy just saw it for the first time. As Above, So Below, 2014. 
Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. This movie kicks ass, though. It was pretty, pretty good. I expected it to be so fucking boring. And uh, I had seen it, so I had noon that it... <laughs> I knew... I had noon. <laughs> I knew it wasn't... It was decent. It, uh, well, because I thought, like... Because uh, you said it was a movie about people getting trapped in the catacombs. And I thought that was going to be like, we're trapped in the catacombs and there's a fucking, like, monster down here going to get me. Uh, kind of. I mean, well, no, because it's it's a lot deeper than that. None, well, no, no it, is, it is. A... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but because it's uh, honestly the first like forty five minutes of this movie do actually kind of suck. I would say up until the part where we get down in the cave, we get up in those caves. They, they could have cut out a lot of that. Well, it's it's like at first I thought it was interesting because this lady's like this researcher and whatnot, and she's like, I gotta find the magic artifact. She's British. Yeah. And it's the, the Philosopher's Stone that she's looking for. Which, fun fact, I thought was a made-up thing for Harry Potter. Yeah, no, that's very real, babe. So, the Philosopher's Stone, <laughs> she checked half price books, she Ugh. checked the library, I'm kidding. This joke's not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm gonna cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to cut it out. But, um, go on. Uh, but yeah, it's this, uh, she's looking for the Philosopher's Stone, and the first, like, 45 minutes is... Her getting all these clues and stuff. I, I thought it was going to be, like, really interesting because I didn't... But it's not. Like I said, the first 45 minutes is very boring. Like, because they, like, do the thing where they're, like... Where, like, there's all these clues, but they don't, like, actually work to get there. They're just, like... They're, like, this one says it must be the sky. Uh, the sky. The sky. Heaven. Heaven. It's heaven. Uh, and there's a lot of that in there, so it's not a very good mystery. But, like Nikki said, uh, it gets fucking good whenever they go into... Once they get down in there. The, the cavern, because it turns into, like, a psychological thriller and not just, like, there's something scary in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they get into the cave, and shit don't make sense down there, does it, babe? It's wild. Uh... So, I think the first little tidbit we have that something's a little mm, funky <laughs> is they come across this room with all just all covered in candles with like these ladies wearing oh, robes yeah, that is with the, like that is the first thing that happens. with like face paint and they're like singing and they're like staring at them through like their weird little corridor. Imagine seeing that in like like the equivalent of the world's biggest abandoned building and still being like I want to hang out here still. Yeah. Well, I guess they're going for the Philosopher's Stone. They're not just hanging out. Yeah. But yeah, so that happens. And then there's Bone Tunnel. <laughs> which is... Uh, it's a... It's a, not as fun as it sounds, folks. It looks kind of fun. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's just this crunchy little hole full this of... <laughs> Full of bones and like not a lot of room between the bones and the like the little ceiling. Yeah, it's like the size of like a Crunchwrap Supreme if it was for a for a dinosaur. If that makes any sense. <laughs> That's a really good scale. <laughs> but yeah, bone tunnel. And basically, um, so before they go into the to the bone the bun, the bone, the bone trap. Um, that's a crazy sentence. Bone Crunchwrap. Um, they see this little hole. And the lady's like, oh, this is on the map. This is the way to go. And then, I haven't explained any of this. She's with a tour guide um, and his couple of, like, crew members. And then she's with, like, her cameraman. We're shooting who's a documentary Making a documentary. And then she's with her, like, her man candy. <laughs> her candy man. Um, she's with the candy man from the upcoming Jordan Peele <laughs> Um 
She's in... They're down there, and... She's, so, they... <laughs> well, okay, so they see the little hole. And the guy's like, we don't he's go like, that way. He's French, and he's like... He's like, in the he's like they don't go that way. Um, and... They don't go that way. He's like, so, it's evil. So they go through the crunch wrap supreme. They go through the bone wrap. The bone crunch wrap. And then the cameraman. So the cameraman is st- <laughs> stuck in the bone zone. And yeah. like he starts having a panic attack. And he's like hyperventilating. And like he gets stuck. But then he gets out. Good for him. First conflict avoided. We are cruising through this film. Except the second conflict's pretty big. Except there's a lot of conflicts. But they go through the bone zone. And they come out on the other side, and they're back in the room that the Bonzo, Bone Zone came, the Bozo came out of. They're back in the room that they started in. Uh, and they see that little devilish hole. That little devilish hole is still there. And so they're like, well, fuck. Because, fuck, we gotta go in there now. Yeah, they're but, like, well, I guess this one just is a time loop. So gotta, gotta go into the gotta evil do hole. the other one. So they enter this little hole. And who do they find in there, but... What do they call him? Not, what is the, the French oh, name for Grebo? it? Oh, Grebo. Grebo. No, oh. And who do they find but Greedo from Star Wars? Um, La la Toile or something like that. La, la Toile. La Poire. La Poire. They find the mole. Yeah, yeah, he's the mole. He's, uh. And he's just this bug eyed, vitamin C deficient <laughs> little twerp. So, uh, the mole used to live in the catacombs. Is that true? Mm hmm. So he lived down there for like three years before he had the entire catacombs mapped out. And then, uh, except for that evil hole, because he knew Mm. there was something evil in there. Mm. But he decided, fuck, I gotta see what's in that evil hole, as we've all done before. Yeah. And, uh... So he lives down there. Well, no, he goes down there, nobody hears from him for two years. Uh, they go into the evil hole, and who's that but the mole in the hole? Uh, and he's like, you never came looking for me. And they're like, well, fuck, dude, I'm sorry. Uh... And they're like, how do we get out of here? And he's like, there's only one way out of here. Let me show you. And he starts being creepy. He was already creepy. I mean, he was already creepy. Yeah, like like Nikki said, he's this big bug-eyed freak. Uh, uh, and, but, like, there he, like, like, he's like, let me show you. And he turns the corner, and despite it being, like, a long corridor, he's already at the end of it. Mm-hmm. He's, like, super fast and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they follow him. Where do they follow him to, babe? They follow him, and he gets to this corridor, and he's like, the only way to get out is to go down. So they start descending in the catacombs. And then, it was either before or after this, but um, they hear, like, a telephone. And, like, weird for being in a catacomb. Um, And so they go around the corner, and they find it, and it's, like, an old-timey, dusty-ass telephone on, like, a little table. They answer it, and... I don't know, I even remember. Do you remember what it was? I don't. I actually don't remember now that I think. I don't about think it. it was important. And uh, and so after that, uh, they keep walking, and then they find this room, and it's like uh, filled with treasure, and like the treasure is like hidden behind this like fence, and there's like. Um, there's, like, a perfectly preserved body of, like, a king. And do you want to tell him what happened next? Uh, so in there, there's also the Philosopher's Stone. And uh, they grab it. And they're like, fuck yeah, we found it. Uh, and then the other people who came with them were like, oh, dude, treasure. Dope, 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 dope. Uh, and they start to, like, break down the gate. But turns out, oh, it's a trick. And the uh, roof collapses in on them. 
So, uh... But I think, at this point, didn't they, like, lose track of Dobby or whatever that little fuck's name is? Oh, yeah, yeah, they lo- the of the mole? Yeah. Yeah, at this point, they're not sure where the mole is. Uh, they've lost, like, uh, the lady gets injured. They uh, lose all their bags with their bandages. Yeah, they lose all their bags with their bandages and batteries for their lights and whatnot. And they, uh, they use the Philosopher's Stone to heal the one lady that got hurt. Mm-hmm. And they realize the only way that they can go now is to keep going down. So, uh, they go to the next room, which is... Um, so the next thing they do, um, uh, they see this, like, pool of water. Um, oh, I, I completely forgot to mention. Um, when they, the way they got into this first room with all the treasure, the lady had to... Uh, swim underwater. Oh, yeah. And she couldn't see where the end was and, like, led to the other room. So, uh, they have to do that again, and they do that again, and it leads to what looks like the same room, but it's dark. There's no, there's no lit torches. Um, the, the, the body of the, of the king is no longer perfectly preserved. There's now, like, a skeleton. There's no treasure, and, um, everything's flipped. Like, um, like mirrored um i think pretty soon they get to the room where they find the mole and he's like sitting crouched in the corner and super bug-eyed he's he, freaking out he doesn't saying anything and one of the like people the lady is trying to talk to him not the main lady but like the other lady and he attacks her smashes her head up against the ground like fucking donkey kong and then she's dead so like it is it gets like Wilder from there, and that's really like the start of like the psychological horror stuff. Uh, I don't remember if this was earlier or not, but uh, the the man candy uh, finds like an old piano from his house right. uh, as a kid, and he's like, "Oh, I had a piano just like this." The reason that they say that there's stuff down there is because there was like an earthquake or something that buried part of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like, "Oh yeah, I had a uh, I had like a piano just like this whenever I was a kid." And he walks in and he's uh, he's like, I could never, he's like, I used to know this song, but I could never finish it because this one key was broken and he hits that one key and it's broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're like seeing all of this stuff that uh, uh, they've never, like all this stuff that like reminds them of their childhood. Uh, later, they basically have to go through the entire like uh, tunnel system like twice, basically. Yeah, because it's uh, flipped and now it's evil. Uh, and... Uh, while they're like crawling through uh, the crunch wrap, as we called it, uh, they see like underwater. The man candy sees his like brother trapped under the water because his brother drowned whenever he was a kid, and uh, he told him, "I'd go, I'll go get help," and then got lost. Mm-hmm. So his brother, you know, passed away. Unfortunately, uh, then everybody starts dying one by one. Mm-hmm. Uh, our cameraman gets pushed down like a super long. Uh, cliff it just fucking well so it's like a, a cliff a well, a well and that they're fun- using yeah. to jump down to the next level yeah his face just eats it uh the main the, like tour guide uh gets sucked into a car that explodes and it's fucked up also whenever that happens he sees like somebody and he's like it wasn't my fault before mm-hmm. getting sucked into it mm-hmm. so um so now we're down to three Yes. We're down to the main lady, her man candy, and then one like, of the camera guys. Like, a, like one of the yeah, one of the French guys who like really didn't have any character development up until this point. Yeah, it's like that guy's with them, and then oh my, so oh I completely forgot because we kind of like went through it really fast. Uh-huh. There was a part where they got to a door, um, that said all he enter 
all ye who enter here um, abandon hope. And they're like, that's the inscription above hell. Yeah. And they fucking go in anyway. Yeah, they still go in. Uh, and hell is fucking scary. They go into hell, and there's like this six foot tall motherfucker in like a long black coat. Like Just cloak sitting in up. a rocking chair in the dark. Just like chilling there. Uh, Spoiler alert, that's Satan. And so yeah, they... Uh, they start like running from him because you know they know it's bad news and they hide behind like this rock wall and the rock wall bursts with like people who are dressed like rock wall and they start like attacking them one of them stabs the man candy in the throat Mm -hmm. uh and whenever that happens the lady tries to use the philosopher's stone on him and uh and it's uh uh-oh it's not working Right. It's not working. Um, so what she has to do is... Because uh, she realizes it's a, fl- a false philosopher's stone, which only had one charge. She re- realizes that she has to repent. That was like part of the, like the secret message that was left on the creator of the philosopher's stone's tombstone. So she has to run all the way back through hell. And... Uh, she oh, is the that's right. Stone. She's the... Ph- the real philosopher's stone was in you all along. Right. Um, and there wasn't even a stone. She just puts it back up in there, runs back down there, and then she kisses him, I think? Yeah. And that brings it back to life. And so they're still getting chased and whatnot. And then they get to this, like, hole in the ground. And, like, they have to jump down. And she's like, we have to make a leap of faith. So they all have to, like, admit their wrongdoings. And she's like... I never answered the phone when my dad called and he was going to kill himself mm. and that and I didn't save his life. And then, you know, um, her man Candy already admitted to the thing with his brother in the lake or whatever. Mm. And then the third guy is like, I've got a kid that I don't know. <laughs> and so they jump down. They end up injured, but like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then what do they see? <laughs> Not but a few feet away is a hole and they don't know what it is. And they try pulling it up. Well, not pulling the hole up, but, like, there's a covering. They're trying to get it up. They can't get it up. So she accidentally, while she's, like, rattling around, pushes it up a little. And it gives way, like, when she's pushing down on it. They all push it up and they move it over. And then we see that that is a manhole cover. And underneath them somehow, because they're, like, upside down with the gravity, is, like, the Paris city street at night. They, they like... Climb through it, which reverses gravity, so they're on the ground again, and they just, like, hug, and, and are happy, and they leave, and, and credits roll. That's the end of the movie. It's, a, yeah, it's super solid. It's a lot more interesting than, like, the title and premise would leave you to, lead you to believe. It's yeah. also, uh, all of the layers and whatnot are, like, are based off of Dante's Inferno. Yeah, which we didn't know while watching it. It's It was uh, a very interesting twist, uh... Like, whenever they get to the A night. twist that's a major plot point of anyone yeah, who knows yeah, about that. Yeah, if you know anything about Dante's Inferno, you're going to know yeah. about it. But, like, uh, like the first layer is Limbo and the... Uh, the oh, are you going to try to name them all? No, I just okay, want to like, give I an example. Uh, the first layer is uh, Limbo and the mole is leading them through, like, uh, Virgil led Dante and Dante's Inferno. Uh, and also the layer where uh, the girl is beaten to death is violence violence it's like the third one or whatever uh i don't know about the rest and of then them. like the nine is like the lowest you can get it's like mm-hmm. satan's well that's where that's where the devil lives so uh, and that's why the devil's at that's that's like as nikki said that's who the big guy in black walking around in the fucking dark is and also another cool thing is they did film it all in catacombs and in the beginning part there's like dead not dead bodies but like 
skeletons yeah, and skulls, and those are all real. It's fucked up. Where's their IMDb credits? Yeah, where's their, where's fucking like like John Osh the Third of Remington? Where's the fuck is his noted notification? Where's his his SAG check for yeah, three dollars? Why does his great 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 grandson get a fucking SAG check for that? So you want to rate the movie? Are we rating those? Do we give them spooky points? That's what we did with Creep. Do we mail them? No, to- I think we did actually to Anton or something like that. Let's We're- just give them spooky points. We'll mail them to the director. Um, and we got to rate this movie out of four. Um, this movie's a. I'm gonna give it a three. Yeah, this movie's a three. Yeah. It's fucking, it it was scary to watch. There were many of a time where I was scared to look at the television. Many of time. But yeah, it was it was a spooky movie. So since we're discussing two movies, I'm going to move on to the second movie now. Um, and the reason for that is because we watched these movies back-to-back nights, and we were like, what the fuck? Because there was, a, like, some of the topics were just, like, very similar in, like, in the movies, you know? Hmm. So, um, the second movie we're talking about is The House That Jack Built, 2018, starring Matt Dillon. In this movie, um, this is this was a challenging film. It was. It was very hard to get through. One of the most disturbing movies. No, the most disturbing movie I've ever seen. This movie is about Matt Dillon, who is a serial killer. And he makes quite a transformation throughout this movie, doesn't he? he like, Matt Dillon's a good actor. He is. Like, the difference in, like, in, like the way he carries himself and, like, the way he, he talks... Is so different. Changes, like, drastically as the movie progresses. So he starts the movie off. He's this really straight-laced, OCD-having, like, dude. He's got, like, his hair slicked black. He's wearing, like, glasses. It's like the 70s or something. And he meets this lady on the side of the road. This is, what do they call it? Incident one? Yeah. Meets this lady. Spoiler alert. It's Uma Thurman. Um, And she's... Listen, folks... She was just a real knob. She was like, um, my car's broke down, so you need to drive me somewhere to fix my jack. You have to do it. And you look like a serial killer. You're so fucking weird and ugly. <laughs> and she did say that. She said that verbatim. And uh, she, he takes her... Okay, it's the weirdest thing. He takes her to a repair shop to get a welder to fix her jack. Like, why is that the first thing you do? Call a tow truck... Find a mechanic. Like, don't find a fucking medieval blacksmith to put your jack back together. Um, so he she fixes he fixes the jack, and she's like, You have to wait here until he's done, so you can drive back to my car. And she's like very pushy, and then that happens, and like she's like, You could you could just kill me whenever you want. It's pretty crazy. And so he kind of just snaps and he does kill her. He smashes her face and with the Jack. Funny because his name is... Anyway. It sure is. Um, and that's Incident 1. And there's this overarching narration, which is... You don't find out until, like, the end who this is that he's discussing things with. But it's... Matt Dillon's character, Jack, is having a conversation with an old Italian dude, we'll say. Um, who's just talking about, like... everything he's done in his life or not everything he's done but like the murder incidents so he describes the first one to him and then we get to number two incident number two um he 
like at this point he's already he's just killed his first person the second the second incident he gets his lady's house and he's just had his first taste of blood and he's like mm, it's delicious and um he he sees this lady i guess he figures she's easy pickings um she's like this late 40s lady by herself living in a house he finds out pretty quickly just by peeking in her door that her husband is dead and was like a police officer or something just because she has like hanging up on like the wall Mm. he he gets into her house by pretending to be an insurance agent um saying he'll he'll raise her pension uh he kills her and then he has like regret and he's like oh no and he he tries to feed her some donuts and um basically his ocd is like i gotta clean up every speck he goes in and out of the house like 50 times and then um basically uh he leaves and he drags her body um like okay it's the worst way you could possibly do it he ties her dead body to a rope and then drags it behind his truck don't know why that would be the way that you would do it and he leaves a trail of blood from where he dragged her to to this 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 the front step of his like place that he owns in like an alley in it's like a restaurant or something or a kitchen or something he hides the body in there and that's incident 2 incident 3 um which was the groom the gruesomest part of the movie is the gruesomest part of the movie um basically it's a little bit forward in time, and we know that because Matt Dillon has a mustache. And he's hanging out with this lady that we presume that he just started dating. A single mother with two, like, a little five-year-old and, like, a little seven-year-old boy. Um, and he's, like, he's like mom's boyfriend taking the kids out to go hunting. Family picnic, like, a day out in, in the wilderness. Just a real fun time. And things go sideways. Um, and basically... And he's up in there, and he's hunting them. He's just hunting those boys and their mother. Um, and it's terrible. Like, it's it's really hard to watch. Like, just really hard to watch. Mm. And one of the little boys runs out, and he gets shot. And you, you, you see it. Um, and the mom runs over, and it's just, like, inconsolable. And then he shoots the other boy. And then he sets her down, and he makes a picnic. And we get to to my personal least favorite part of any movie I've ever seen. He makes her feed, like, apple pie mm. to her cold, dead son. It is just, just the worst. Um, and then at this point, he's like, all right, you got 12 seconds to run or something. And she runs off. And uh, he chases her. He hunts her. And he kills her. And... We also see not long after that he, not taxidermied, but he froze the boy and then like he posed him so that he was like smiling and like standing up. It was absolutely ghoulish. Um, and then, so he's starting quite the collection and then we get to the next part. Um, uh, there's this girl he calls simple because he's an absolute fucktard and I guess she's kind of stupid. So what? Some of us are stupid. Um, I'm stupid. <laughs> and he calls her simple. And um, it's Riley Keough. Um, and uh, basically, they're dating. And he's like, I actually kind of like this one. And she's just, like, kind of a ditzy lady. And uh, he, like, 
threatens her and like she's like kind of like doesn't take it seriously and then we get to the point where like she tells cop and the cop doesn't do anything and she goes back upstairs with them and now at this point she knows he's gonna kill her and he also cuts her boob off boob both boobs one of them he uses as a wallet and then <laughs> the other one he like sticks on someone's car the police car the police officer's car and he kills this poor one um so the next segment, um, there's four, basically he's tied like four men up and lined up their heads and he, he has them in his freezer. It's still alive. And he's like, I have a full metal jacket gun bullet and I'm going to shoot it and see if I can make it through all your heads. Sucks, right? <laughs> and, um, he find, but then he's like, okay, I don't have the right bullet. So he goes to his friend's house, not his friend's house. It's a gun store. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to a gun store, um, he can't find the right bullet, and then this other guy, like, tries to turn him into the police, and he kills that guy, and then he kills the cop, and the cop shows up, and then he just, he leaves. And he shows back up to the freezer, and right as he is about to shoot that bullet, he realizes it's not back far enough. Um, so he needs to, I didn't mention this, there's another character, and that's the door that he can't open in the freezer. <laughs> He has there's a whole back and forth throughout the movie. He can't get in this freezer door. And he finally gets it open and he scoots the gun back in there and right as he's about to take that shot, what does he see? There's a man in there. An old Italian man, to be exact. Sounds like the guy he's been talking to the whole movie. And it is. I don't know why I'm saying this in the weirdest way possible. And this is Verge or Virgil. See, it ties into the other movie. This is Virgil, the guy who walks you through um, Purgatory. Purgatory. And we find out this entire movie, the person he's been telling, is Virgil, his story on his way through Purgatory. Right as the cops shoot at him, which I think we were to presume... Sorry, the cops are there. I didn't even say that. They arrived. Right as I shoot at him, I think we're presumed to think he dies. And then he falls through a Looney Tunes-style hole. And then he's in hell. And do you want to tell him about the ending? That's like 25 minutes is Virgil showing... And like around hell, like all the layers. Uh, and whenever they get to the last layer, Virgil's like, you're actually a few layers up, so I'll take you back up there. But there's an exit in that room that's over across like a broken bridge. And Jack is like, what's that lead to? And Virgil basically says it leads to heaven, but nobody's been able to climb across, because like climb across the wall. Uh, but yeah, so Virgil is... Uh, uh, Virgil tells him, yeah, that's heaven, but nobody's been able to get there. You'd have to crawl across the wall to do that. And Jack's like, I'm going to try this this out. Uh, he does that, and he falls into the lowest pit of hell. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. It had a lot of um, allegories to Dante's Inferno that neither of us picked up on. Yeah, like the like the fact that he's like been telling. It's set up so that he's telling his story like you would think it's to like a preacher, but mm-hmm. it turns out he's actually telling it to Don or not Dante, but to Virgil from Dante's Inferno. Yeah, as he leads him through purgatory. So it was pretty good. It was um, my first Lars von Trier movie. And it was also mine. Yeah, um, I thought it was good. Unfortunately, I... <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, are you ready to read it? Yeah, I think that's uh, I think a solid four spooky points on that one. I'm gonna give it three and a half. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Still good though, better than the other movie. Very good. Um, thank you, Matt Dillon, for coming out tonight. So yeah, anything else you want to say on this episode of our podcast? Oh no, you know it's I, I think this is the end of it. I also think this is the end of it.
And yeah, well, thank you. Thanks everybody for coming out. Thanks for coming out tonight. Drive home safe. If, make your way. Uh, don't forget to tip your waitress. All right. We'll cut all that out. Beep. <laughs>